0: Hi, and welcome to I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson, that's me, uh, and this is a podcast where we talk about health care and a few other topics that, that I might enjoy talking about and topics that our, uh, our guests may uh, just chase a rabbit about, but uh, primarily, as you can only imagine, over the last three months or so, we've been talking about, about covid and how it relates to a wide variety of aspects of healthcare and even some other industries, too. And so uh, I hope that you found that to be interesting. Uh, if you have, uh, or if you haven't, uh, send us an email at I don't care at marketscale.com. Uh, and uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to be a guest, certainly, uh, or if you have an interesting topic, please let us know. Uh, would be happy to, uh, to get you on air. Um, so today we don't have a guest and what I wanted to do today was just talk about a few things that, you know, that really are, are, are concerning to healthcare, uh, professionals. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit different, uh, little bit different take on what's going on with COVID, obviously, because we're, you know, we're on the front front lines of that. Um, there's been uh, uh, a lot of interesting things going on recently here in uh, the great state of Texas and mo- more specifically here in Waco, McLennan County, where I live. Yeah, uh, you know, we'd been pretty flat, hadn't had a whole lot of exposures until uh, Memorial Day came. And it was very obvious that there's about a 14-day lag until uh, people, uh, uh, people start becoming symptomatic because we saw this week just an explosion of cases yesterday, which uh, would have been uh, June the 17th. We experienced an all-time high of positive tests uh, at 26. Now, 26 may not seem like a lot of, to uh, people who live in Dallas or Houston or uh, New York City, but uh, here in uh, in McLennan County, 26 was a it was a, a incredible number for us. Uh, we just passed the 200 uh, positive case mark. We have uh, a little over 100 people who are active right now. In Honestly, most of those came about just over the last week or so. I remember just two weeks ago, we only had four active in the community, and now we're well over 100. Uh, we're finding that there could, could have been a, uh, a large-scale event uh, attended by, obviously, a number of people uh, around the Memorial Day weekend. And so that's still being investigated by our local health department. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we, we've seen that real spike, a spike in hospitalizations too, uh, among the two hospitals here in Waco, mine included. And so, uh, you know, we're still, we're still in that stage where we, you know, we're learning more about the virus every day. However, we're still waiting on, uh, on that vaccine whenever that may come and uh we don't know how that vaccine is going to be uh to to take with with people you know we talk uh, all the time that there there's certainly a flu vaccine right you know most of us take that every year but uh a lot of people still get it even after they uh, they have the vaccine and we see sometimes in a normal year between 50 and 70,000 people dying of the flu so the coronavirus covid we're going to have to uh to really get that figured out, and um, you know, this this might be a difficult way to to put it, but uh, we're going to have to be quote unquote okay with that number of deaths a year uh, that we ultimately um, experience over a three five year period uh, with uh, the coronavirus. So, anyway, back to what we we're originally going to talk about is just the concerns of the healthcare worker and. You're not going to be surprised to hear a lot of these because these are the same types of things that everybody uh, is, is concerned about right now. But uh, what I did is I talked to a number of my colleagues across the country, uh, talked to some of my colleagues here locally, and just to get a handle on, okay, what's really bothering you right now? So, so we'll talk about five of those uh, today on the podcast. Uh, the first one is basically people are concerned about their jobs. You know, a lot of a lot of hospitals and health systems have uh, furloughed or completely laid off thousands and thousands of healthcare workers. Now you'd think with the expected, you know, the expected spread of of coronavirus uh, that all of our hospitals would be full. And you know, we we didn't quite experience the uh, the hospitalization rate uh, for coronavirus, but Um, we, what we had to do obviously is we had to shut down a lot of elective procedures and surgeries and really in the, in the hospital world, that's where we make our, uh, and in the not-for-profit world, we call it net, uh, net excess revenue over, uh, over expenses because we don't make a profit. Uh, but, uh, uh, so whenever we lose surgeries and procedures we lose that excess revenue over over expense and so that is what's caused so many f- systems to have to lay off workers or furlough workers so you know we uh, there's lots of different ways that you can combat that though i'm i'm now seeing where a number of hospitals are bringing back furloughed workers Other systems are actually redeploying workers from areas where volumes haven't come back as quickly uh, to areas where they have. And so here in Texas, my hospital system, we've seen those volumes uh, get back up, not quite to pre-COVID levels, but we're pretty close. And so uh, I'm sure that we'll start seeing some people from other states that are still running uh, significantly behind the state of Texas. So that's one way of doing it. Other ways are just, you know, finding creative ways to to staff, whether it might it might be uh you know, maybe a 32-hour work week or a 30-hour work week or going halftime or whatever. But a lot of a lot of hospitals and systems have had to get really, really creative on that. So another thing that people are certainly worried about is the economy. Uh, not only personally, I think uh anybody who has investments uh took a pretty significant hit there for a while. Things seem to be bouncing back, thank goodness. But uh, uh, a lot of people, you know, the, the tens of millions of people who lost their, their jobs during, uh, during the pandemic, uh, many of those lost their health insurance. Uh, and so now in, in the hospital, in the healthcare world, we're concerned about people not having health insurance Uh, so some of those are having to pay out of pocket if they can, but many people are just, uh, delaying having any kind of procedures or, or even primary care visits because they just can't afford it. And so we're going to see the backlash of that because we're going to then see people coming into our emergency departments who are actually sicker, uh, because they've neglected their basic health care. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussions about the cost of insulin, for example, for diabetic patients and how, how very expensive that can be. Uh, think about that without health insurance. And so many people are choosing, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to take my insulin. Uh, I'll, I'll worry about that uh, at another time. And so those people are then having, uh, you know, having diabetic episodes where then they show up in the ER, they're still unfunded. And so we've got to find a way to be able to, to be compensated for that. Um, another area that people are really, really concerned about is, you know, what if I come into a hospital and contract, uh, contract coronavirus, and then spread that in the community, or more you know, more importantly, to my family. Well, let me speak to a couple of things around that. Uh, I've got to be honest with you. The hospital is probably one of the safest places that you can be uh, because all of us, all of the, the hospital employees, uh, we're wearing masks. You know, when we're, when we're in really anywhere except in our, our offices – If we're uh, administrators, uh, if we're on, you know, any clinicians, uh, they're wearing masks whenever they're out uh, in the halls, on the floors, uh, treating patients. Physicians are doing the same thing. And so masking, and we've all been very, um, (laughs) we've, we've been very well trained on social distancing now. And so nobody's getting really close to each other. There's not a lot of hugs, if any. There's, uh, I haven't seen anybody shake hands in over three months. There's a lot of elbow bumping if you choose to even get that close. And so, you know, uh, you add on to that uh, frequent hand washing. Healthcare professionals are pretty, uh, pretty insistent upon keeping their hands washed anyway because you know, we, we know a lot about germs and, uh, you know, how they, how they live on various surfaces. And so we, we've been pretty good about washing our hands and using hand sanitizer for years. Well, you can only imagine how that's been, um, exacerbated with, with the pandemic. And so, but another thing too, that we've instituted is we screen, um, you know, all of us are screened at the doors, you know, uh, so we uh, we tell screeners or if we have uh, there we also have apps on our smartphones you know we answer the questions uh, do you have any symptoms have you been around anybody with symptoms have you traveled anywhere uh, that's had outbreaks which basically means anywhere outside of our area Um, and then we also have our temperatures checked as well and so if you don't feel well if your temperature is too high you're not coming into the hospital as a worker, and so we've also tried to uh, ensure that our patients have uh, separate entrances, workers just to make them feel uh, even more secure uh, in coming in. Uh, you know, talking about patient uh, uh, patient social distancing, all of our waiting areas. You know, we've taken out a number of chairs. We've we've blocked off uh, chairs with signage that say, you know, please, please consider uh, your your neighbor uh, and not sit here. Uh, we're only allowing uh, one visitor in um, to many of our areas, uh, and that's actually been pretty new because most hospitals had, had uh, instituted a no visitor policy very early on, and that certainly helped, but. You know, when you're in the hospital, that's the last thing you want to be is by yourself, right? And so we want to make sure that the families and the patients actually get that that interaction appropriately. So all visitors are wearing masks as well. They're going through a screening process, as are the patients too. So, you know, we're doing everything that we can to make sure that anybody who comes into our facilities is safe. So another area that that people are really concerned about, and this is more specific to healthcare, is the availability of personal protective equipment or PPE. And that's things like, oh, masks, specifically N95 masks or gowns, gloves, face shields, uh, even booties. Uh, and... Uh, we've done a really, a really good job in my organization, uh, because we are so large, we're a nationwide healthcare organization. Uh, we have the buying capabilities that many, um, many hospital systems don't, and certainly, uh, rural hospitals, critical access hospitals and the like. And so, uh, what we've tried to do is I know that we've, we've really, uh, uh, worked with with other organizations if, if we can assist them in some you know temporary uh, temporary PPE uh, until they get their uh, until they get their orders in we're certainly trying to do that and, and be a, a good partner with them too but uh, it's something that you know frankly it's a it's a national crisis <laughs> and um, you know ironically enough uh, we found this out after the pandemic started that so much PPE like masks and the like were actually manufactured in uh, Wuhan province of China. And so you can imagine when those factories were shut down, there, were, there was nothing being made. And so there were tremendous delays in uh, acquiring any new PPE uh, across the country and really across the world. Uh, that's been alleviated somewhat, but it's still it's still something that we have to greatly monitor because um, we don't want to we don't want to get caught short. Uh, and, and another thing, too, that, that you know, the fifth thing that people are really concerned about is what if there isn't a vaccine um, created? Now, I don't know about that because, you know, there are so many individual uh, pharmaceutical companies that... Um, that are working very diligently on developing a vaccine and typically vaccines take years to to develop but this vaccine is really being uh fast-tracked and uh you know i've heard i i've heard some say that there's a possibility that there could be a vaccine as early as this fall i don't know um but uh I think uh, in the in their interim, we just have to continue uh, being diligent in, in what we've been doing as far as, you know, again, you know, wearing masks is appropriate in public hand washing, social distancing, things like that. And so, uh, you know, I don't I don't think any of these things surprised you uh, that healthcare workers are concerned about this, because I know all of you are concerned about some very similar things, too. So. You know the the coronavirus uh, COVID nineteen is uh, it's it's a re- it's a real issue. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that it's not quite as as serious as it can be, and if you look at the statistics, um, you know it, it's only serious if it affects you or a loved one, right? Uh, because about eighty five percent of the people who test positive. Um, are asymptomatic or have very, very mild symptoms. And then there's about another, oh, 10% or so that feel really cruddy. It's like a bad, bad case of the flu. And then you get down to roughly 5% or so that have to be hospitalized. And then within that, you know, if, uh, if somebody gets uh, incredibly sick, they have to be intubated, put on a ventilator, and then, um, unfortunately we are seeing people pass and a lot of the people who pass are, have multiple comorbidities, whether it be diabetes or COPD or heart disease or, or obesity or whatever. Um, and most of them are, are, you know, over the age of 65, but we're seeing more and more young people, uh, test positive and have to be hospitalized. And unfortunately we're seeing deaths in the younger population as well. So, uh, you know the uh, the Gen Xers, the Gen Y, the Gen Z. I always forget what age range each of those are in, but uh, you know even those uh, those young people aren't ten feet tall and bulletproof. So everybody, we all have to be very diligent in, in how we uh, how we conduct ourselves uh, going forward for the foreseeable future. So with that, uh, just wanted to share a little bit. Uh, a few thoughts that I had, and some uh, so, and through some conversations that I had with some of my healthcare colleagues across the country. Um, I just hope that you are you remain safe, um, take care of each other, uh, just don't do it too close, uh, and know that uh, uh, you can hear. I don't care with Kevin Stevenson every Friday morning at nine thirty Central Time on Market Scale Radio. And then after that, uh, the podcast drops on Spotify or iTunes. So I really hope that you have already subscribed so it just automatically downloads to your, uh, to your podcast device. And uh, with that, I wish you a good day and be safe.